Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. Uh, and also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the podcast, we're going to be covering this week's Real Houses of New Jersey. We're going to be talking about the Real Houses of Orange County. They're still in that trip with the high altitude. Uh, but before we get to any of that, I do have a couple housekeeping things to get out of the way. The first is that on next uh, week's episode of the show, on the Sunday night, Monday morning episode of Everything Iconic, we're not going to be recapping Summer House like we have been the past couple of weeks, but I do have a very special interview coming on that episode. So I want to encourage you all to tune in. I just did the interview and I'm on cloud nine. It was a real hero mentor of mine. So I hope you will all tune in. It was, a, it was truly such a delight. So I'm very excited about that. It'll be out again Sunday night or Monday morning on the podcast feed. But uh, yeah, no, we're not going to be covering Summer House next week. So say uh, la vie. Uh, also, I do want to tell you guys a quick little detour that I have for you, an acting detour, if you will, uh, an acting detour. Uh, so this past week... Okay, I've been dipping my toe back into the acting world a little bit. See, when I moved out to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, I was doing sketch and improv and stand-up comedy and doing a little acting. And then as the podcast went on, I didn't do as much acting. Although lately, I've been dipping my toe back in when people ask me to do something I love to do. And so hopefully people ask me more. But I did a little independent film for a friend that'll be out, I think, end of this year, early next year. And another friend, a writer friend, asked me if I would do a read-through of her script. So she had written this feature film. And she said, hey, would you mind doing, we're going to do like a Zoom read-through. And basically, writers do that oftentimes so they can hear their words out loud and see how something sounds and change the script or dialogue or whatever. And I was happy to oblige. I'm also a writer, so I understood. I was happy to do it. 
So she sends me an email. She texts me first and said, would you do this? I was like, of course, you know, and it always makes me feel good when somebody comes to you for an acting thing. So I was like, oh, um, here I am ready to, ready to act. And so I get an email then with the script and the breakdown of these characters. And it's a real small uh, cast of characters. There were just a handful, I think it was five or six characters in the whole feature film. It was kind of like one of those movies where, you know, everyone's in the one space for a time. I don't know. Did you ever see that movie, like The Ice Storm? Was that a movie? I mean, did I just make that? What was that movie? That Katie Holmes movie? I might be mixing up a Katie Holmes movie with an episode of Dawson's Creek. I'm not sure. The point is, the movie that this woman, my friend, had written, it's all took place in one setting. So there was just a handful of characters who were all trapped in this house together. So I read the email with the cast description. <laughs> And I immediately see uh, this the role of Timothy, and I assume that that's the role that I was assigned to. Okay, I just I saw all the character descriptions, and I assumed the role of Timothy was the one that I was getting. So then uh, we have the Zoom, and about an hour beforehand, I read through the script, and I'm uh, highlighting my lines. I get the highlighter out, and I'm highlighting Timothy's lines in this feature film script that I'm about to perform on Zoom for uh, my friend who's the writer, some of the other cast that she had gotten to do the Zoom, and then her producing partner. And so it was just a handful of us on the Zoom. So we get on the Zoom. And of course, her producing partner was the one who's going to be reading like the stage direction, character descriptions, and all of that kind of stuff uh, that's in a script. And then the actors would be reading the lines. So we start, and I'm I got my whole script highlighted, and the first scene comes in, and it, I wasn't involved. Timothy wasn't involved in that. It was opened with this woman and her husband. Then all the other characters in the second scene they basically come into this house. And I see Timothy's first line is on page, I think, three or four or something like that. And so I immediately start reading Timothy. And as I'm doing it, I notice that one of the other young gentlemen who's on the thing starts reading Timothy as well. And we're talking over each other. Now, I'm thinking, is this a Zoom issue? Like what, you know, sometimes on Zoom, people talk over each other and you don't know when to talk or there's a lag in the thing. I'm like, is there, it's a technical issue, right? So then they stop us and they said, oh, there must have been some technical. So then we go again and I again read the Timothy line. And then uh, my friend stops and says, Danny, what are you doing? And I said, oh, it was just, I thought, you know, I was, it was time for my line. <laughs> Ready to read my line. And she said, you were reading Timothy's line. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, you know, I'm Timothy. And she's like, uh, she kind of giggles. She sort of giggles to the whole Zoom. She's like, um, what? And I was like, yeah, you assigned me the role of Timothy. She's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, well, of course you did. You sent me the email and I read the, the six or whatever characters and I assumed that I'm Timothy. Now, I just want to read for you the description for Timothy in that email because I did, I, I, I jotted down for you all because this is the role that I thought I was being assigned. <laughs> this is the role I thought I was being assigned to play. Timothy. <laughs> I just assumed I was playing this. Timothy, 22-year-old gay man, had a TikTok dance go viral one time and tells people he's a choreographer. <laughs> now, I don't know about you all, but sometimes I guess I just, I forget that I'm not in my early 20s anymore. And I it completely slipped my mind. And so I just assumed naturally that I was reading and I was playing the part of a 22-year-old, not only just a 22-year-old, a 22-year-old who went viral on TikTok from a dance. Now, I can't dance for shit. And the only thing I know how to do on TikTok is look at inspirational videos from Steve Harvey. Like, I don't even know how or why they show up on my feed, but that's all I do on TikTok. Like, I don't, I'm not someone doing TikTok dances. And here I was thinking, that I was literally star, I was being cast in a film as a 22 year old gay man, which I don't know what kind of 22 year old gay man has the kind of salt and pepper hair that I have at this point in my 30s. But I just assumed. And so then everybody is like on the Zoom. It was the most awkward thing. And I was trying to play it off. But I think they could see that I had every line of Timothy's highlighted on my thing. So I was so ashamed of my friends laughing. But she was, she was a good enough friend to like not completely like just make everyone laugh at me. But now everyone is is getting the fact that I'm thinking I'm playing this 22-year-old TikTok star. And so they're all thinking in their head, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I didn't even know the other people. I had met the producing partner one time. 
And so I look like such an idiot. I'm so embarrassed, but I'm trying to keep my cool. And then I'm, meanwhile, trying to grab my phone. I'm on the Zoom, but I'm trying to grab my phone to look at the email to see, like, what other roles in there are. Like, what was the role they expected me to play? Because now I said I'm going to have to pivot and I read another role and pretend as if I knew that all along. And this was like a joke or something. It was the most awkward, horrendous thing. And of course, now looking back on it, I'm reading of like, why the fuck did I think I was playing a, a Timothy, the 22 year old TikTok star? Like, that's, that's absurd. It's insane that I even thought that. But it was like, I didn't even question it. It was like, I just immediately opened up that script and highlighted Timothy. And uh, I thought I was playing little Timmy, Timothy, Timmy, whatever the fuck his name was. I thought that was me, the 22-year-old, 22-year-old. I mean, the audacity of me thinking I could play 22. Now, I, there's a lot of things I've learned from the CW Network, and that's that an older person can play a high schooler. But at my age, I would certainly wouldn't be cast as 22. I, it's just not happening. And But in my head, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not doing too many acting roles, because I'm thinking I'm a 22-year-old. I'm going out for the wrong parts. So anyway, I just, it was the most horrific, embarrassing thing. And then, of course, because I read the script initially as Timothy, the 22-year-old TikTok star, I didn't really pay attention to the other roles. You know, I was just focused on my my role as Timothy. And so then I'm trying to cover it, and I finally understand that I'm playing this guy, Edward. And I don't even know how to play him, because I was like, I don't even know what that character is, because I never even paid attention to him. I highlighted all of Timmy's lines. So uh, anyway, it was horrific, and I'm certain that if this movie gets made, I'm not playing either of the roles or any of the roles in this movie, because they all were like, what the fuck is he doing? (laughs) Timothy, the 22-year-old TikTok star. I mean, honestly, what the fuck was I thinking? What the fuck? Anyway, I had to share that all because it was horrific. Anyway, moving on, we got to talk about The Real House in New Jersey. Shall we play a little clip? Let's play a little clip. I'm going to miss this staircase. Gia, we had your prom here. Oh, yeah. Slide down the railing again. <laughs> you used to do that all the time. No, 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 Melania. This is like kind of like my fate. I love the foyer. Remember, I was like right here with Dad when we had the um, the family portrait. Everybody, stand up straight. You think we got it? Yay! I mean, we use this always for the holidays. Well, yeah. Whenever there was more, a lot of family, we're like when Dad stood up on the. Bannister. I think that's when, like, when the legal issues just started. Now, I was so emotional over this entire move. Obviously, seeing the clips from yesteryear when we're seeing Melania slide down the stairs. But I do have to point out there was some sort of hilariousness. There was some sort of dark comedy happening in there. As they're talking about this house that they we've watched them move into. Of course, I remember Teresa paying cash everything in the house. But there's some sort of dark comedy happening where it's like they're going through the memories and they're like, that's where Gia had her prom. That's the staircase that Melania slides down. That's where we did our family portrait. And they're like, that's where dad's legal trouble started. And it was like, it like it took such a quick shift. It was like such a quick shift. I was like, wait a minute. I did like a cartoon double take where the eyes went out of the head and then they went back. The hair stood up. I was like, what? Did I just hear that right? Uh-oh. Hello. Uh-oh. Hello. Did I just hear that properly? Because it was like every family memory, like that's where Nono used to cook the squid. And it was, I don't know, it was just all these family memories. Like that's where dad's legal trouble started, uh, the holidays. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. But again, I was very sad and I'm, I'm heartbroken over the loss of this house. And I don't know why quite that I'm feeling so much emotion over the fact that they're moving out. But I'm, I'm just not steadfast in the idea that they're going to have the same memories at Louis's house. Because there's already uh, so much issues with Louis, and the gals are the young gals are going to be off to college and other schools and other places, and so their memories are gone. And I remember moving out of my childhood home, and I still think about that all the time. I, it was just recently the childhood home I grew up in. We moved, I think, when I was in seventh grade, that was sixth or seventh grade. That was when we moved. So my childhood home, I sort of had two, I guess, in a way, because then I had my teenage years in this other house. But the first house that we lived in as a family, that just went up for sale recently. My family, we all went, they all went and looked at it and I wasn't there. I almost flew home to go look at it because I wanted to see the old childhood home because you want to be, remember the memories. And my family said when they went in the basement, and I actually wrote about this in my, in my book, but in the basement, that's where my parents used to write our measurement. There was like a rickety piece of limber or, or timber or wood. 
What am I trying to say? A rickety piece of wood on the doorway, and it had our heights with the date. And my parents said still to this day that piece of uh, wood was still there. And so there are memories attached to the house. And obviously, we don't want to be attached to things, but the memories are evoked when you go into your old childhood home. And I'm worried about the Judiches losing this family memories. Luckily, they have... I don't know, however many seasons of Real House in New Jersey to look back on these home videos. But I'm not sure that they're going to be wanting to watch. You know, I, I often hear housewives say in interviews, like, I'm so happy we have these home movies. Of They they say that about the show on Bravo, about the housewives. And I don't know that I believe that the Judice girls are going to want to watch these home videos because it's like the dad went to the, you know, they all had to go away. And I mean, some pretty dark stuff, dark-sided stuff. The mom flipped a table and then they all had to go to jail. So I'm not sure that they're going to be wanting to revisit that in the future. So at least having the home, they would get the memories, but now they're only going to have the footage from Bravo, and it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. Anyway, I'm devastated about the move, and uh, I'm nervous to get into Louis' house. Something about the idea, which I think we did have that one scene at Louis' house. I don't know. I'm nervous about it. Something about it does not feel warm and cozy to me. I'm worried about it. And there was something so comfortingly gaudy about Teresa's house. And I mean that as a compliment because it made me feel very much safe when we would be in that house. And I did not care for the decor. I do not like the way that they decorated it. I think it's really not, uh, really kind of hideous, but also made me feel safe. And so I'm sad that we're leaving it. I'm going to feel. I, I feel like I'm my equilibrium is going to be off for a few weeks. Like when we're doing the episodes and we're not at that house, I feel like I'm going to be spiraling a little bit and I'm going to need you all to take care of me in those moments because I'm feeling that's what's going to happen. I'm going to spiral and I think there are going to be moments in the future, the next few weeks, months, where I'm going to be wondering, why am I spiraling? Like what's going on? Why are my emotions all over the place? And I'm going to need you all to remind me it's because of the house. It's because we moved out of the house. So just be aware when I hop on social media or when I'm, if you see me at the grocery store, the supermarket, and you see me looking like a frazzled fucking mess, and you say, Danny, it's because of the house. We left the house. We moved. We moved. Because we're all moving. We're all part of this move, whether we like it or not. We're moving out of that fucking house. And so anyway, this, uh, what happens on this week? We do have Marge Sr.'s birthday party. I'm pissed at Marge, the young one. I'm pissed at Marge Jr. because... Here's the the real tea is that ever since that she put that Snickers Coffee Mate creamer on the on the show, I've been trying to find it at the grocery store, and she made it to be so popular from that episode that it sold out every time I go to the Ralphs here or I've gone to the I've gone to a bunch of different grocery stores and I can't find the Snickers Coffee Mate creamer. I am pissed, and I blame Marge. And of course, I also want to say that I wouldn't have even known about it if it weren't for her. I know I know my coffee made creamer, but I didn't really know about how good the Snickers one was. But I've been trying to find it, and the closest thing I could get is the Rice Krispie one. I bought the Rice Krispie creamer, and by the way, I do not care for it. I do not care for it. And you know how I feel about those coffee made creamers. We need the sugar-free ones year-round. Sugar-free, not just the hazelnut. I need the peppermint mocha, and I need pumpkin spice sugar-free year-round. But now I can't even get the Snickers one. I just want to try it. And so Coffee Mate, if you're listening, please just send me a fucking bottle. I beg you from uh, on my knees like Melissa Gorga in that episode of season three or whatever fuck season that was when she's begging Teresa, I'm on my knees begging you. That's how I feel about you, Coffee Mate. Send me the creamer. I need it. I need to try the Snickers one. Just one bottle. Or I don't know. How do we do this? Can I get it? Somehow somebody needs to get me that Coffee Mate creamer. I need it. Uh, anyway, it's Marge Sr.'s birthday, which God bless. It's uh, her birthday. They're doing a Hungarian birthday. The w- one thing I do want to focus on here is that there was a lot of footage that I just was not expecting to see on The Real House of New Jersey. And of course, the footage I'm talking about is the black and white home video footage. Or, or I, uh, forgive me, it wasn't home video footage. It was footage of President Eisenhower that they showed. I've never seen something so shocking. I, I don't want to be... I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I truly don't think I've ever seen in the history of this network something so shocking. Because, of course, I see montages. Sometimes we see old footage from older episodes, or sometimes they'll show us photos. We've seen that picture of Melissa Gorga in the Versace shirt a hundred times this season from when she was in high school. But you don't expect to see black and white footage of President Eisenhower. Now, again, I'm not sure if this was home video footage. I felt like they were presenting it as home video footage, but then it wasn't like it, right? But then I, 
I, I thought I was maybe missing some. And they kept talking about how Marge Sr., when she got, I mean, back in her youth, they were talking about it. But I couldn't, was I screwed up? I couldn't tell if that was like legitimate home video footage. <laughs> but then it was set up like it was filmed for, I don't know, NBC or something, news coverage. But it was wild. I, I wrote in my notes a big, uh, what the fuck is going on? WTF is going on. I love the story. I love the backstory of it. I just could not believe my eyes and ears that I was seeing some black and white footage of President Eisenhower on the Real House in New Jersey. Like, where the fuck are we? When the fuck am I? What the fuck is going on? Who the fuck is that? Why the fuck does it relate to Marge Senior? I know they're explaining of why it related to Marge Senior, but I couldn't even take it in because I had so many other fucks that I was confused about. Why the fuck? What the fuck? Who the fuck? How the fuck? Where the fuck did this footage come from? I mean, a lot of fucks. I, I had a lot of fucks to give that time. I know Erica Jane has zero, 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 none, but I had a lot of fucks that I was wondering about in this scene because it's like, where does this footage originate from? Who did they have to call up to get the rights to this footage? Uh, and so I don't, I don't even know much of what they were saying because there was a lot of black and white footage of a former president that I was not expecting, just not expecting it. Uh, okay. So then we, then we cut it, we cut to a scene of Teresa moving and she's talking about packing the sausage maker. And I just was relating to this because I just moved recently. And I think we all have that moment of, uh, we see things that we bought that we thought we were going to do. I bought a bread maker. I made one loaf of bread. And early in the pandemic, I bought the Williams-Sonoma bread maker. I made one loaf, and that was it. And so I we moved with it, but it's a big-ass machine. It's not like a little machine. And I would have only bought, I only bought it because I had a gift card. I only bought it because I had a gift card. But it was a big machine, and now it was too expensive for me to just throw away or give to Goodwill. So now i got to lug around this big-ass bread maker that I might not ever use. So uh, anyway, I hope Teresa, she donated that sausage maker or something. I'm not sure. But the point is, she did forget to pick up Melania from her practice or whatever she was at. She's like, oh, fuck, we forgot Melania. And then (laughs) Dolores was coming over, so Gia had to like hop in the car real fast and go pick up the sister because they forgot. Which, who among us hasn't forgotten the kids a time or two? Ladies, am I right? I mean, every once in a while, you know, you get lost in a book you're reading or a TV show or something, and then suddenly you're like, bam, forgot to pick up the kid right? Who among us? I'm not a parent, but I certainly can relate to that. I feel like I've forgotten to pick up a nephew or a niece a time or two. You know, suddenly you realize, oh, I'm supposed to get them from school. And then uh, you're rushing to get there. And then you got to lie to the kid. I mean, you can't tell the kid that you forgot. They'll be traumatized for life. So you got to tell the daughter that uh, it was traffic or something. And But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, I just forgot about you. I forgot about my offspring or my niece and nephew or the kid I was babysitting. I used to babysit kids when I was in high school. I remember forgetting them. Yeah, every once in a while, you get, I would go, go over their house and I remember getting lost in their snack drawer. And their, um, they had a snack drawer and they always had the rich snacks. So I'd get lost in that. I'd forget to pick up the kid from where I was supposed to get them from. So, you know what? It gives, it, it grows hair on the kid's chest. You know, my grandpa used to say that, you know, when it makes you stronger, it's like it helps someone grow hair on their chest. It helps them grow, get strength. It helps them become the person that they are. You know, so I do believe that every once in a while a kid should get left at school or something. It makes them stronger. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? Uh, Antonio, oh, Melissa and Joe, uh, there's a scene with them. And Tracy comes over and she talks some shit about Teresa. Tracy says she's got a tutor for the kindergartner. And then Melissa makes it about herself to talk about Antonia because she's not interested in Tracy's stuff with the daughter. And so um, there was one moment, though. I, I mentioned that photo they keep showing of Melissa when she was in high school. And I think they added a new photo. And I swear it was a drama club photo. And it was Melissa was talking about how she was so wild in high school and she went nuts. But I swear they showed a photo that looked like she was in drama club. Did it not? I'm going to have to go back and look. I think it was like a drama club photo. Anyway, I was bored by that scene. Moving on. Jackie, uh, we see, uh, you guys, this was, this was so much Jackie getting ice cream with the kids. I was so, I, I don't know what else to say that we haven't said about the storyline. I think it's so brave, so powerful. So, uh, I, I, she's changing so many lives, I think, by showing the intricacies of this. And it was so hard for her to get that ice cream with the kids. She got a little small cup of cake batter. And I was thinking the whole time that I wanted Cold Stone, too, by the way, because I love a Cold Stone I haven't had in a while when she said cake batter. I was just thinking about my Cold Stone Creamery, because at Cold Stone, I like to get the Cookie Minster. It's like a 
mint ice cream with Oreo and fudge, and I get the whipped topping mixed in there. Ugh, you guys to die for, to die for. Anyway, the whole scene with the kids, I was proud of her that they were all sharing, and it seemed like she was overcoming something really powerful. Uh, my one issue or the one thing that I was concerned about was that they were sharing spoons and stuff and we are, it was still in COVID. I mean, they shot this a while ago. And so that's all I could think about ever since COVID happened, the idea of sharing a spoon with someone. But to be honest with you, I don't even pre COVID, I don't like sharing ice cream. It's too soup like. I don't, I, I, it makes me, I'm too much. I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. It gives me a, an uncomfortability that I'm not. I'm not interested in having like it's a soup like thing that why would you want to share it's so you know when it, it melts I don't know the idea of like sharing a soup like thing oh makes me uncomfortable and I'm not a big ice cream person anyway I like that one cold stone I like a soft serve but I'm not it's very cold I'm not I'm not always interested in ice cream uh moving on uh there is a scene with Melissa and Antonia at the trainer and Antonia was jumping on a box or something I'm not sure. I wasn't paying attention. I fell asleep. Then we cut to Jackie and the therapist. And Jackie said she felt guilty all day after that ice cream scene. She said she was thinking about where she should cut back and all this stuff. And Bethany, do you remember Bethany on New York? She released a book about dieting. And I actually think Bethany's book caused me some issues with my own eating. And I've mentioned I've had my own issues with eating and body image and all that stuff. But... I think some of my stuff, and I don't want to blame it all on Bethany Frankel, but her diet book, it makes you think about food as like a food bank. Does it? Did anyone read this? I'm not saying it was bad. I think I don't think she meant any harm by it. Okay, I'm not, we're not trying to blame her for anything. She's she's doing all sorts of good work saving Ukraine. You know, she's doing all sorts of wonderful work. So this is no shade to her. Uh, however, a little shade because that book did really fuck up my thinking because it made me think about food as a bank. And so in that book, I remember it was like, well, if you eat something in lunch, then just cut back at dinner. And it was like, I don't know. And I I ghost wrote a diet book too. So what the fuck do I know? You know, there's a whole lot of fucked up shit in that whole industry. Okay. But I'm just saying uh, the way that Jackie was talking to the therapist about how she felt like she should give up something later. It goes back to that food bank thinking that I always associate with that one book. And I don't remember the name of it, but, um, we all have, we're all so fucked up with food. I mean, a lot of us are, and I don't know, it was so brave for her to talk about this. But the therapist suggested taking the kids to pizza, and Jackie's like sitting there thinking, like, well, I just did ice cream. Like, I can't do the pizza too. And I, Jackie said this out loud, but I felt the same way of like, I kind of felt like the therapist was pushing her too fast. I was like, let's slow it down because it was a lot for her. She was getting obviously very anxious about it. And I felt the same way. I was like, let's cool it. Like maybe we don't need to do a pizza party every day because obviously that idea is making Jackie anxious. So I want her to make these steps forward. And sometimes I think when you're pushed too far out of your comfort zone, then it makes you regress. So, I mean, obviously this woman is an expert and I'm not, so hopefully she knows best, but it was making me, uh, I was worried about Jackie because I just want her to be happy and healthy and, and I just want the best for her because this is, a tough thing. And the way she's exposing it is just so raw and vulnerable and open. And uh, they should give an award for this whole storyline, I think. It's beautifully portrayed and done. So bravo to bravo. What else is going on? Oh, Marge Sr.'s birthday. They all arrive. I do have to say Marge loves to do like a, a, a curler look. So what I mean by that is like she loves doing a scene where she's like half done up. And I <laughs> I love that about her so much because it's like, there's so many scenes where Marge Sr. is just showing up in curlers or a robe or she's in her pajamas, like half ready. She loves to do a scene like that. And I I love that. I love that about her. I love that about her. Uh, Evan and Bill made up. Oh, we got to talk about this, you guys, for at least 75 minutes. Before we do, though, we should take a quick break here and we'll come back. We'll, we'll talk more about Real House New Jersey and then we'll dip into Orange County. And uh, let's take a break. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. 
Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. And we're back. Does he leave? Does he leave? Why do you need him I got a message the other day that was like, Danny, you need to stop singing. <laughs> it was like a very long and detailed message about how I should not sing. So I listen, whoever that was, I hear you. And you're seen and heard. Um, but also ignored because I'm going to keep doing it. Anyway, moving on. The Evan and Bill. So they were in this big fight. They were in this big fight. And this just shows you straight men are just some, some of them are so simple. They made up. All Evan did was text Bill. I'm sorry. And then Bill just wrote back with the perfection emoji. And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. The men, these men, it's just like so easy sometimes. It's like, I think sometimes I wish I could have that kind of simple, I mentioned my brother Brian, I think on the last episode of the show. And sometimes he really has like a simple mind in the, in the best way of sometimes I think like, man, I wish I was living in there because sometimes I'm living in my own brain and it's like too much is happening inside my own brain. There's too many thoughts and feelings and emotions. And I look at some other people. I'm like, God, it seems easy and quiet up there. Like, I don't need, I don't know what that's like. I'd love to live, live in a brain. Do you remember that show Herman's head? It was like about the voices in the head. Or the movie Inside Out, which to me, Inside Out is the most brilliant Pixar movie ever. But I'm always thinking about the voices in my head. And I think some people just have less voices up there. And it's quiet. And it's like just, I don't know, I felt like that whole text was Evan and Bill, just, I'm sorry, perfect emoji. And then they moved on. Meanwhile, Joe Gorga was still mad, but those two made up too. Joe Gorga and Bill made up. 
I mean, uh, this whole uh, this whole episode, there wasn't a lot a lot going on in my eyes, but I still enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so then we have that scene of Teresa and the daughters talking about moving. Then we have Marge Senior's actual party. She's got a violin player. Oh, this was interesting. It's at the same place. It, it's being held at the same place as the christening. I have the no. chills. No. I had the fucking chills when I heard that. I had the fucking chills. When I heard that it was the same place as the christening, I mean, that's a landmark, a landmark. We need to put, I know somebody needs to put some, that's hallowed ground. We need to make sure that place is, stays. If there's an apocalypse or something, we need to make sure that place is intact. Because that place, a lot has happened there, that christening. Woo! Well, um, so then Bill arrives and they makes up with Joe Gorga. They talk about Joe Gorga's ass, which who among us hasn't. Then they introduce the cast trip. I was disappointed. I was bummed out about this. They're going to Nashville. Now, I, I, okay. Everyone sit tight, little bear, because this is, I don't want people to misconstrue this. I think Nashville is one of the greatest places on earth. I've never had more fun than when I visited Nashville. The best people, the best food, so much fun. Such good bar, so many good bars, great live music. I really believe, I truly believe it's one of the greatest places in the U.S., one of the greatest cities here. I love it. I love Nash. And what did Marge call it? Nash Vegas. People call it that Nash Vegas. So fun. Truly an adult Disneyland like no other. I actually would argue that it's maybe even better than, man, I love Vegas. I don't know if I want to say better than Vegas, but I feel like in terms of having a fun weekend or week or whatever time away, it's so fun. So with all of that said, I just wish New Jersey went international again. I just need some more. I don't know. And again, Nashville is the greatest place on earth. I still want them to go to Nashville. I just also am going to need like an, an international trip from Jersey, like a big, the way I feel like Jersey always gets the shaft. They get the shaft with so much. And it's like, they're keeping the lights on over at that network. The ratings for Jersey are through the roof. They're great. And so I'm going to need Bravo to step it up. This this uh, this show, The Real House of New Jersey, is keeping the lights on over there. So I need you to invest. That means we're going to need to get some new cast intros, some new cast photos, some new videos. I mean, I think Teresa in the cast video of the opening, it's like uh, it was done from 100 years ago. They just updated Margaret and Dolores because they've changed so much. They were unrecognizable. But I'm going to need them to invest. Let's put some money behind the graphics. Let's put some money in the production behind the trips. Because if Beverly Hills and some of these other franchises, which I love, they go to all these extravagant locations. And so I just need international and Nashville. I need both. I need both because I do love me some Nashville. And it looks like next week it's going to be a great episode. There's some big table thing where Teresa throws everything. And I think there was speculation for a little while, like if whether or not Teresa was able to travel internationally. But was that or am I making that up? Or maybe we're, I'm thinking of Joe, the husband. He couldn't come back. I don't know. I get it mixed up. I don't know. My brain. My brain. I don't even know what's going on with my brain these days. There's so many voices up there, but there's not a lot, there's not a lot of uh, math work going on. There's not a lot of uh, stuff going on. It's just a lot of voices just yelling over each other, but not a lot of... Not a lot of other stuff going on. Okay, what are we talking about next week? Yeah, next week we get Margaret versus Teresa. Uh, Jackie, oh, the one other thing about the episode that I want to say was that Jackie put a bunch of food on the plate from the buffet and said she's not going to eat it, but she said she was jealous of Jennifer because Jennifer and some of the other women could just put on a whole plate at a buffet and eat it all without a care in the world. And I just want that for Jackie. I hope, oh, I just hope. I did find it boring, a little bit boring without Teresa. I needed Teresa at this party. I can't believe they didn't have her at the... The big cast party, so luckily she's going to be on the cast trip. And I'm going to need Margaret and Teresa to somehow find some common ground because I can't have one housewife off. I need these women to all be filming with each other, okay? I need them all filming with each other. Uh, okay, shall we dive into The Real Housewives of Orange County? We didn't cover it last week, but uh, I, and I don't have a sound. I, I meant to put a clip for Real Housewives of Orange County on the soundboard, and I don't have one, so let's just play this instead. Somehow... Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. So the real, <laughs> the real house size of Orange County. Did you guys ever see the Bewitched movie? I just rewatched Bewitched with Nicole Kidman. And uh, there's some good stuff there. It was directed by the late, great Nora Ephron. And it was the screenplay was co-written with her sister, Delia Ephron. And I rewatched it. And there's some really great stuff in there. But it doesn't quite come together. And to me, I love Will Ferrell. I love Will Ferrell. The one of my favorite, to me, the one of the funniest straight men ever. And one of the funniest men, humans, anything ever. I love Will Ferrell so much. But I think he was a little miscast in that movie. Don't you? And I, again, love him with all my heart. I'd put him in almost anything. But I feel it was one of the great miscastings of our of our time. 
but I just watched it. Anyway, you know I love me some Nora Ephron. Of course, Nora directed my all-time favorite, You've Got Mail, and she collaborated with her sister Delia quite a bit. They did. Uh, they wrote You've Got Mail together. They Delia produced Sleepless in Seattle with her. And uh, yeah, great, 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 great. I miss Nora so much, so much with all my heart. Oh, speaking of though, sort of related. Nancy Myers is coming back. Nancy Myers. Okay. So a lot of people may be confused Nora Ephron's work with Nancy Myers work. I mean, you should know the difference, quite frankly, but Nora did, you've got mail. She did sleepless in Seattle. Nancy Myers did something's got to give the holiday, the intern. So Nancy, who's still with us, she had a more or less announced that she was retiring after the intern, a movie she did with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Well, she just announced that she's doing a new movie with Netflix, and I cannot wait, because we need Nancy Myers now more than ever. A lot of people associate Nancy Myers with the kitchens. She's given us so much, and so I'm super excited for Nancy to come back. And Nancy, of course, also did. She produced Father of the Bride, and she did uh, this sort of reboot Father of the Bride thing they did during the pandemic. It was all for charity, where they they did a Zoom movie. Um, but I'm excited for Nancy to do like a proper film because it's been a while and she has given us so much. So I, what are we talking about? Oh, Orange County. That was more important than this week's Orange County, to be honest, because last week, Orange County, the one week I take off from Orange County, I thought it delivered the best episode in that Sprinter van where they were all arguing about nonsense. And uh, that whole fight with Heather, and there's the altitude issue. They're all getting drunk so quickly. A lot going on in Orange County last week. And then this week, I was so excited to get back into it. And then I thought it was such a flop episode. (laughs) That's mean of me, but I thought it was a flop. And next week's the finale. I'm like, oh my God, this season. They all lied to us and said it was a big return to form. And I think last week, again, I, I think last week's episode was a return to form. To me, one of the best episodes of Orange County, I think, in in years. I think it was a really fantastic episode. And the ingredients are there. It feels like we're getting back on track, certainly. But I don't know that I would call this this season a big wild success i think it was like okay let's get back on track and uh and people yell at me because i've been saying that on the show and people are yelling at me say it it is really good and i think there's been great moments in last week's episode truly five stars if you were to just watch one episode watch last week's episode uh the one issue though i have is like the fights don't really make a whole lot of sense i feel like they're arguing about lord knows what and emily's so proud about hip of course our dear hip is so proud of stirring the pot but I'm not even sure what's the stew that she's stirring. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, what are we arguing about? It's like whether or not Shannon called Heather after her podcast thing. It's like, that's so stupid. And then this whole big fight about whether or not Heather shoved the producer. That's also compelling to me. And I love that we're peeling back the layers and talking about, did Heather shove the camera guy or whatever? And they're actually talking about it on camera. Now, do I believe that Heather shove the camera guy in a in a violent or aggressive way. I, I actually don't believe that. I do think maybe Heather kind of waved the finger we saw. I think if it did happen, they would have shown some footage of it. And we did see the footage of Heather kind of like getting in the camera lens face. Now, I also think that Noelle is playing it up because Noella seems to play a lot of stuff up. She's doing what she thinks makes a good housewife. And so she's playing up her emotions and she's trying to lean in what it means to be a good housewife. There was a scene later in the uh, this week's episode where she goes to the lake after finding out that she's got some divorce stuff going on. She gets an email about the divorce and how the embryos are going to be dissolved or something like that. And it's a very emotional moment. She goes to the lake and she screams. And that moment, which I think was meant to feel so super authentic and real and vulnerable, it rang false to me because it almost felt like that should have been a moment that was so... Okay, this is going to be something that might be a little confusing. Or, or maybe uh, it might be a little confusing, but I think that moment was so something that was meant to be so raw and vulnerable that you wouldn't do it on camera, and yet still her first instinct was to invite the camera person along. Now, I want a housewife who's going to invite a camera person along with all their real and raw and vulnerable moments. I think that's what makes a good housewife, but it rang false to me still. And I don't know exactly what the disconnect, the only thing I can pinpoint my disconnect with on Noella is that we don't quite know her well enough yet. So some of these things that might be landing more emotional, like that moment at the lake, maybe it would have landed more emotionally if I had gotten to know her over the course of a couple seasons. 
If Shannon went to the lake and screamed out, I might feel differently. But with Noella, I'm just, I, I haven't been able to quite get that connection with her. And so much of her performance as a housewife feels like a performance as a housewife rather than a peak, a, a peak at her life where the camera person is just kind of sneaking in and getting these moments. It feels like she's like, come on, we're going to go to the lake and I'm going to have this emotional moment instead of her just naturally going to the lake and having this emotional moment while the camera person films. Now, I know that's something that might, I, I might be contradicting myself. I get that. But that's just a disconnect that I'm feeling. That's a disconnect that I'm feeling. And on the opposite side of things, I'm loving Shannon. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Here I am by the end of this season. I said at the beginning, I hate Shannon with all of my being. And now here I am, Team Shannon, unexpectedly. Here I am. <laughs> here I am. Not not expecting to be that, but I'm loving Shannon this season, and I'm suddenly on her team. Uh, I like her. I like her. And when it comes to the Noella Heather stuff, I think I am on Team Heather. But I, for the, everything else, I think I'm mostly on Team Shannon. Uh, so what else happens? Oh, I didn't like how Noella was also misrepresenting when she was on the phone with her friend, and she was misrepresenting that fight that happened with Heather. And she said that Heather said karma already got her, and and she referenced. Uh, autism and she referenced her divorce. And I don't think Heather referenced any of those things in the actual moment. Heather said, Oh, well, I think karma's working for you. But I think it, it was my opinion that Heather was just basically giving what Noella gave to her because Noella was the one who first said, Karma's going to get you. And so Heather's like, Well, karma's getting you. So I feel like it was Noella who threw that accusation out. And then here she was on the phone crying to her friend, like, I can't believe she said that. You know, Noella, who I lovingly call Whisper. Whisper was talking to her friend and uh, making it seem like Heather said all these things that she didn't actually say. All she said was like, karma's already coming after you, but it was after. Uh, it made me mad. It made me mad. Now, we got to talk about Casita, of course, Gina Casita. She is something I want to say about her. This whole season, they are really leaning into the fact of her being poor compared to these other women. Now, I'm not saying she's actually poor, but they really are every single scene leaning into her being poor and impressed. It's like they heard us in the past few seasons. We've been very critical of the fact that it seems like Gina Casita doesn't really fit on this show. She's living in the small Casita. She's you know, struggling with money issues and all that stuff. And I feel like we as a people, as an audience, have said it feels like Gina belongs on Summer House or she belongs on Vanderpump Rules or something. And so now it feels like producers heard that and they're leaning into the fact that she doesn't fit in the housewife. And they told her every scene she walks into, they're like, Casita, every time you walk into a scene, uh, say that you're a pauper and you're impressed by all the wealth of the other women and everything you're surrounded by. Because every single scene, Casita's walking in in front of the camera and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this money. I can't, the butler, oh my gosh, Heather, you're rich. And it's like every fucking time. And I'm like, Casita, cool it. Like we need, we get it. We get it. You're not as wealthy as Heather. And, and maybe it's not even her fault. Maybe they just need to cut back on the edit because every fucking scene I'm seeing her talking about, she's so impressed this episode about the chef and the butler. And it's like, you're on the real housewives, pull it together and recognize the fact that you're on a show that's all about opulence. And you've been on it for a few seasons now. It shouldn't be that surprising that on the cast trip, you get a chef. So I'm not sure who's, what came first, the chicken or the egg. Casita or the producer came first. I'm not sure. The producer told her to lean in or she just did it naturally. But it's got to stop. It's got to stop because I'm getting sick over it. Every single scene. Every, Casita, every scene. I love you. And I love Casita. You know I love my Casita. But every single scene, I'm watching her walk into it and I'm exhausted. We're all exhausted. I'm getting sick over it. I'm getting sick over it. Anyway, what happens? Then they do a... There was a montage of Shannon using her hands that made me laugh. Uh, oh, Noella also on that one phone call, she did say something. She's like, it's like high school with wrinkles. And I did not care for that comment. You know, I did not care for the way that we're, we're talking about this, uh, these older women. Okay, Noella, I thought that was rude. I thought that was rude. She was being ageist, I thought. I thought I didn't like it. I, and none of these women even have any fucking wrinkles because they've all been to Dr. Jen's office and plumped up. So, and even if they did, God bless don't, don't use that kind of language to say it was like high school with wrinkles. It was rude. It was rude. And I felt like she wrote that line. I was like, oh, it's really funny. I did not care for that. Oh, there was a funny part about Dr. Jen parroting Heather. So they showed a montage of just every time Heather says something, 
uh, Dr. Jenner repeats it. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was such shady producing, brilliant, beautiful, bravo editors. Ah, oh, I love them. Uh, what else? Noella, of course, before she went to the lake, she said she feels very disconnected to things that make her feel safe. So I don't know. I felt bad for her. I do feel bad for Noella. I genuinely think she's going through a lot of turmoil and I want to be there for her and everything. I just, I don't know. I'm disconnecting and I'm not sure. Maybe it's on me. Maybe it's something about me that I can't take it in. So maybe I'm in the wrong Noella and next season I might be falling more in love with you. And I don't, I don't think I want Noella to go anywhere. I think she's great on the show. She's a stunningly beautiful gal. Uh, but I'm just I'm disconnecting. Um, what else? They do a mining tour, which was odd. Hip and Casita, they invite Whisper on the mining tour. And they don't give two shits about what Whisper's going through. Uh, but it was also revealed that Casita got some demon dust, which, I mean, all of these words I'm saying are confusing. But Casita got some demon dust from that woman who took the demon out of her. And so now she's got it with her. And she's carrying the demon dust into the mine, which I don't know why housewives are going mining, but God bless. At least it's not uh, an axe-throwing competition. So then the other women are going on a, a hike. Jen's being a flop. I wrote that in my notes. Jen, Dr. Jen is a flop. Uh, maybe she won't be a flop next season. I feel like we start to get someplace with her a couple episodes ago, and then she became a flop again. Uh, I, uh, speaking of flops, I want to point out that they dress up as bears, and as soon as I see a recycled Real Houses of Dallas plot point, that's when I zone out, bravo. That's when I zone out, because they did this on the Real Houses of Dallas, and it didn't play there either, by the way. And something I want to point out is that Emily seems to be the one recycling these Real Houses of Dallas plots. And I'm not sure if she hopped on the phone with Deandra or Mama D over something uh, over there on Dallas. But earlier this season on the Real House of Orange County, Emily invited the gals over for that that weird uh, sort of competition relay race thing they did in her house. Do you remember this? And it was the same thing they did on Dallas. And now Emily, a hip, is recycling the outfits to scare the women over the fire or whatever. And the women weren't having it. Not on this franchise. You could see Heather Dubrow, Shannon Bedore were like, not, uh, hell no, not in my house. You know, they. I felt like Heather... Shannon sort of joined in, so I don't want to give her the credit there. But Heather really was thinking, not on this franchise. We don't do this. And I was proud of them for calling it up because over on Dallas, they tried to make a scene out of it. And it's not going to work. We don't want to see women dressing up in these bear costumes and scaring each other. It feels so low budget. And I completely zoned out. And the other women, I was so proud of them for not caring. But Heather DeRose like, hell no, not in my house. Not on my show. Not on my watch. Anyway. What else? I blacked out after that because I was so fucking bored. They had a dinner. Then they talked about their first jobs or something. And then Casita got mad because Whisper didn't remember her friend Tat, her friend Tatiana. And then Shannon didn't remember either. But most, I mean, all housewives are mostly narcissistic. I mean, that's a real heavy trait of a housewife. And so they don't listen to each other. They're only listening to themselves speak. So, of course, no one remembered Tatiana. And I actually think that Gina's not a narcissist. And so I like that she got mad over this because she, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot with Casita where people don't remember things she says. And I think Gina actually genuinely does listen to the other women. Because I think when you're a narcissist, you don't listen, right? Isn't that a, a definition or trait of a narcissist? So I think Casita actually does listen to people. And so she gets pissed probably all the time that these other women aren't listening to her. But also, on the flip side of the coin, I think that part of the problem is Gina's Long Island accent. Sometimes you can't understand. Even later, her a good friend, uh, Emily Hip, couldn't understand what she was saying about another friend. So, you know, I see both sides of the story. And also, it's a really odd, stupid fight. But uh, that's what's happening in Orange County. We're getting these weird fights. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time. And I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass 
gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. There was something, though, that Shannon pointed out. Shannon goes up to Casita and is like, look, Noella's grown through a lot of shit. Her father just died. And Casita says, I don't know if it was the altitude or what, but Casita said, shit happens. Whoo, you guys... I have the no, kill. No. Shannon couldn't even believe it. Shannon's like, I don't know what to do with that. And you know it's going to come down at the reunion, and Noelle is going to make a meal out of that. Noelle is going to make it. We're going to see it play out. I bet you that's a whole part of the reunion. One, one, two, three-part reunion. It's going to be one whole part is going to be about Noella making a meal out of that one comment. Right as Gina said that and Shannon pointed it out, I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, they're going to be focusing on this forever. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. But they were all drunk, and I I, I don't even think Casita knew exactly what she was saying, so I, I don't want to give her too much credit, but I, I don't want to defend her too much, but I'm not sure that she really even... I don't know. Was the, am I wrong? Blame it on the altitude. It was a horrible thing to say. And I didn't even know if I heard it right. Maybe, if, did I hear it wrong? But Shannon pointed out, and I just thought this is going to be something that we go on to forever. Now, Gina uh, also calls out Shannon because Gina says that Shannon's just backing Noella because then three years from now, she could say, oh, I was there for you three years ago. Oh, so, I mean, I think Casita really did also call out Shannon. You know, she's got her number. But again, I'm suddenly team Shannon. I don't know why. Next week's finale, they have some sort of maybe Pam and Tommy theme party or some sort of rock star party. I'm not sure what the theme was. I'm glad that it's the end. It looks like a lot of different events happen in the finale, though. It's like they got 100 parties or events or scenes. We also get Shannon versus Gina. They're wearing hats. And uh, that's the end. That's the end of the episode, you guys. Uh, The Real House is Orange County. I enjoyed last week's episode. I did. I'm sorry I didn't get a recap for you, but go back and watch. I think one of the best Orange County episodes in a really long time. And so I just want to give them their props because I've been so hard on them and I feel mean and I love them and I don't want them going anywhere. I don't want them going anywhere. Uh, you guys, thank you all so much for listening to Everything Iconic. Again, tune in uh, to Sunday night's uh, Monday's episode of Everything Iconic. I have a great interview coming your way. And then, uh, yeah, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Get my book, How Do I Unremember This, wherever you get your books. And I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic. Let's do our cheesy little cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Hold on for one more day. 
and breathe out. Uh, love you all. Just want to encourage you all to go watch a, go watch a Nancy Myers movie. Go watch a Nora Ephron movie. Watch one of the classics. I want you to do that this weekend. Find some time to watch You've Got Mail, to watch Sleepless in Seattle, to watch The Holiday, to watch The Intern, to watch Something's Gotta Give. Find some time. It's important for self-care. Father of the Bride, tune in. Uh-oh, hello. Uh-oh, hello. Okay, I love you all so much for listening. Uh, stay safe and talk soon. Bye-bye.